welcome to Gen X Voice. Nobody asked us, so let's get our voices heard. Written off years ago as the Slacker generation, we actually have brought a lot to the world behind the scenes. Now we need to bridge two opposing generations and make sure non-Karen voices are heard. I'm your host, Trish The Dish, and I'm going to interview Gen Xers being rad and doing cool shit in the world. You can follow me at Gen X Voice on Instagram, Twitter, and Spotify. Check out other podcasts, videos, and blogs at genxvoice.com. Even though the focus of this platform will be to celebrate Generation X, the goal is to interview as many people as possible from lots of generations, backgrounds, and experiences. Let's unpack some of our differences and attempt to discover what truly ties us all together. With so much division and pain in the world today, instead of shutting people down for their age or other features outside of their control, let's listen to these voices and discover common ground so we can come together and create a better world for all. I don't wanna be an army one. Hey guys, don't forget this weekend, Gen X Voice is going live with millennial guest Sharon, who is from the episode what do Gen X and Millennials have in common, which is our most downloaded episode. So I know you guys love her. Um, We're going to be unpacking generational differences with Christmas traditions starting at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Again, that's Saturday, this Saturday, December 5th. And you just need to either find Gen X Voice on Facebook and like our page or go to facebook.com slash group slash podvcon, and we'll see you then. And please make sure you say hi. One thing that's been a complete surprise to me since I started podcasting is the amazing humans I've met through networking on social media. This episode's guest is one of the first people I met in this new journey and has been a mentor in my podcasting. And guess what? He was born the last month of the last year of the 90s. The week this episode premieres, he will be celebrating his 21st birthday. Happy birthday, Tig. What were you doing when you were 21? I was pretty busy changing my major again while discovering Sonic Youth, drum circles, and dancing to house music. Way different than our guest, Tig, who saw quarantine and the pandemic in England as a way to create and launch a publishing company with one of his housemates while finishing last, his last year at uni. Yeah, that's what I said. How come everything the Brits say is cooler than what we say in the U.S.? Just saying. I call him a mentor because he and his housemate created the most positive place on Facebook I've ever been a part of. And the books on podcasting he has sent me from his publishing company have helped me in more ways than I can count. The thing I can appreciate about humans is... No matter how old someone is, there always seems to be a way to connect, if you're open to it. When I was 21, uh, like I've told you, um, one of my best friends was 47. Um, and, And people always told me I was weird for hanging out with Paulette, but there was a soul connection there that I appreciated and have never forgotten. I believe the voice of our souls is ageless. And I hope I never feel too old to learn from people older or younger than me. Just like talking with people from different religions or races than you, spoiler alert, next week's episode, Christianity and the Gen Xer, will launch. So I hope you will tune in regardless of your spiritual beliefs. Um, 
there's just so much to learn about the world through the eyes of those who are different from us. I hope you enjoy this conversation as we discuss how green and lovely England is, the similarities between Boris Johnson and Trump, how Gen Z is more global-minded than the other generations, or at least perceived to be, and podcasting as a way to share information that our textbooks don't cover. Do you have a friend from a different generation than you? If so, I'd love to hear about it. So um, either find me on uh, Facebook at Gen X Voice or tag at Gen X Voice on Instagram or TikTok and tell me who they are and how you met and maybe even why they're so special to you. Anyway, enjoy the show. Hi, Tig. Hey, Trish. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. It's been a, like, a long time in the oven, this, hasn't it? Yes, it has. You were actually one of the first people that I ever reached out to randomly to just see if <laughs> you'd like to be on yeah. the podcast. Um, and we actually ended up uh, rescheduling because I realized that I wasn't quite ready and you um, had sent me a couple gifts that we'll talk about later in the podcast. But, of course. Uh, but I, have to, I have to say thank you so much because we've been connected through a Facebook group that, um, again, we'll get into that a little bit deeper in a little bit. But I have to ask you first because I know that you're in Great Britain. I want to know how's the weather and where you are exactly. Of course. Right. So I'm in, I'm currently in Nottingham, which is kind of, to be honest, it's pretty much exactly in the center of England. Um, that's where I'm at university though. So I actually come from Norfolk, which is kind of Southeast England, but, um, yeah, right now I'm in Nottingham. The weather is, oh, it's been awful. Actually, it's been raining pretty much all weekend, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's getting colder now. Oh, you see, so you say that, but here I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, and although this won't go live until December, uh, we're going to hit 89 degrees this week without any sense of rain in the forecast. And I got to tell you, November doesn't feel right going into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I do, I'm pretty envious of that, but I suppose it's just it's kind of scary because global warming and stuff, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is definitely, uh, I think we're hitting 180 days without rain or we, or it's 180 days above 90 degrees. Um, either way, it's, it's really, it's really disturbing. Although yeah. I try to stay positive and just look at the amazing bright blue skies that we have. And because it's, uh, winter-ish, I mean fall, we're, we, our air quality is a little better here in the mm. fifth largest city in the United States, but um, I guess you guys don't really have to worry about like air pollution, In because I know when I lived in London, I mean that's a huge city, but I mm. never felt like it was polluted. Do you, do you all ever talk about pollution in Great Britain? Yeah, thinking about it, I think the fact that it's not really ever talked about probably signifies that no the, the air pollution is is really pretty minimal i mean london is it would definitely be the highest in london you know there's what 10 million people there it's so dense of a population um but everywhere else it's pretty much fine i think yeah well i, th I think air pollution is, is almost talked about something here as um just something that kind of happens in other countries like i've heard stories about you know being in china and apparently 
spend spending one day there the air pollution is equivalent to smoking like 10 packets of cigarettes or something it's probably probably a bit exaggerated whoever told me that but i i think that's actually kind of true i met someone from shanghai uh that had moved to phoenix and i was like oh what do you think of the pollution here and he was like it's not anything compared to what yeah. we have in shanghai like you really can't yeah. go out for a run without a mask on and things like that. So, uh, it's do scary you think, to think that, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Um, but you're you're also really, I mean, it's so green. Uh, England is such a green patch of, even though you have so many humans that live um, in Great Britain in general, there's so many places. Like I did, um, I went to um, Glastonbury in 1999 when REM oh, really? headlined, oh, which amazing. was, I can't be more, more Gen X than that. Right. Um, <laughs> and, so and I mean, just that road trip from London to uh, where Glastonbury is held in the middle of nowhere, you pass Stonehenge and you, these just rolling fields. I think we even had lunch in Bath. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Bath is and, nice. Yeah. And it was just, it really kind of blew my mind coming from, uh, having lived in the south of France and then traveling through Europe and then um, London and then taking that road trip, I was kind of, I mean, Nottingham, isn't that pretty green too? Um, no, I wouldn't particularly say, well, maybe maybe Nottinghamshire is, is, a, is a county, but no, because I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm right in the city centre, so there's not that much green around me, but we've still got a couple of nice little parks and stuff that we go to, so um Yes, uh, me and my house, we spent two weeks isolating, as in from everyone else, because one of us had coronavirus twice now. Um, so so the, the ones who weren't were just, just going out on late night walks, you know, just, just to the park, just to get a breath of fresh air. And yeah, that was, was kind of all we had. But um, back at home, however, no, I, I do actually have a lot more green there. Because where I, where I come from originally, or where, where I stay, you know, when it's not term time, is um, it's quite a, like a rural area in Norfolk it's just a small town like 40,000 people or something so um there's quite a lot of green around me there and in fact a lot of my friends live with the back gardens there's like fields and that you know all that kind of thing so so yeah probably don't appreciate it enough actually well I always had to chuckle when I lived in London and people would talk about their garden what what we call in the United States a backyard uh it's referred to as a garden and it's and it always made me laugh when it was like a slab of concrete and just a patch of green <laughs> and maybe yeah. some shrubbery. And yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, classic, yeah. yeah. Well, I used to live in London, actually, until I was five. And, yeah, that was a you've pretty much just described exactly <laughs> my garden. It's a lot bigger now in, in, um, in Kings Lynn, where I live now. But Got to pause for a second and um, ask you to tell the listeners how old you are, what year you were born. Right, so um, I was born in 1999, so I'm 20, but I'll be 21 in less than a month. Oh, when's your birthday? Uh, It's the 7th of December. Okay, I'm the 16th, So, but that's exciting. So you were born in the last month of the last year. What generation do you most identify with? Um, It it would have to be Generation Z, so so my generation. Although I do feel like, um, you know, I had to do a bit of research into what classifies as what generation exactly before this to um to find out which which ones my parents were but um no the thing is yes I'm generation z but I do feel like I'm kind of one of the oldest of them and generation z also applies to 
you know, like 13 year olds now and stuff. And it makes me think I'm quite lucky to, um, to be, I'm quite, I feel like I'm quite lucky to be that like the kind of the last, the last age, I'm not even talking generation. I'm just talking like literally difference of a couple of years to actually know something different than smartphones when I was a child. Cause I feel like now people, even a couple of years younger than me, all they've known is just, you know, smartphones, all social media, all that kind of thing. Whereas I at least had like a, you know, a, a few years before that all came in and it was kind of transitioning as I was going through my teenage years. So. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, a badge of honor, I would say, that a lot of people that I interview uh, that are younger wear. And I know that in, in my generation, we wear that very proudly as well. I wanted to ask you how how you feel as a Gen Zer. Um, being Gen Z, which is way cooler coming from your mouth than mine. Um, but, uh, <laughs> the, 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 like, how do you and your, uh, maybe friends, do you guys even talk about, uh, Brexit and how, how do, how do politics play into your maybe daily rhetoric? If at all. Hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah, we'll do. So, I mean, as for Brexit, for starters, I think everyone in the UK is just absolutely tired of that topic. So I think the referendum happened like four years ago now or something, and still nothing's really changed. And, uh, you know, we only actually just left the EU. So th- I, I don't think that's even just with me as a generation. I think that's just the whole of the UK are just thinking, oh, I just want to get it over and done with now. You know, it's been talked about so much. It's just been delayed so much. So I, th- I think that's kind of a bit of a... I don't know if I'd say a running joke, but it's kind of a, you know, it's it's subject to a lot of satire and that kind of thing, that topic. As for politics, um, you know, me personally, I didn't really, I didn't really pay much attention to it until the like the election last year in the UK, and um, it was only then I was kind of awakened to the fact that I don't really like our government that much. And then since then, the whole coronavirus and stuff, it, they've really not dealt with it very well, in my opinion, anyway. And the same with hugely a lot of my generation as well I think so um I use Twitter quite a bit and um it's like a really you know there's there's a lot going on of of people my age on Twitter just being really you know against the government and just just really not approving of a lot of the decisions they make a lot of the ways they handle things just it just doesn't seem like they're very transparent with with the rest of the population so yeah, there's there's that. Yeah, that's definitely something our country share. I know that mm. uh, when <laughs> your like... prime minister was elected, the running joke over here was that you all voted in your own Trump. Do you do you feel like that's kind of true? I mean, oh, one hundred percent. Surely it's hard to hide from the Trump America in your in your world. It, uh, yeah, you know what? I do really agree. I think they, to an extent, do mirror each other. So I, I just think, you know, as something of as a from an outsider's point of view, looking on America, we think that seems awful. You know, you got Trump supporters running in with guns just to, just to stop, you know, a, a completely democratic and fair election and and stuff like that. And you know, just just Trump just just not being a very good role model, realistically, is you know, just just being a racist, blaming the virus on China. You know, all, all those kind of things I could go on. But, um, and he's obviously, I think just across the globe, he's a very, uh, also subject to a lot of satire, I'll say. But, um, but yeah, here, it's kind of the same thing, just to a lot lesser extent. So, for example, you know, if I'm thinking off the top of my head, there's the way I would liken Boris Johnson to someone like Trump is, 
so I can think, you know, when the whole Black Lives Matter thing was at his peak, you know, in June or whatever, he said um, he said he wouldn't take a knee or anything like that because he doesn't believe in gestures. But then I think it was like literally like a week later, he then lit up his his house, 10 Downing Street, in blue for the NHS. But then he cut the student nurses' pay they all jumped in to just help with coronavirus and just cut them all out and then just gave an increase to just all the politicians. So it's just stuff like that. It's, it just seems very hypocritical and just just dishonest, to be honest. So what is that kind of the same view that that is there in America of um, of our government or is it not really that? What's what's What I was going to say is that we're so ethnocentric and so just all about America that... I actually am so grateful that I studied French because I can pop into YouTube and watch 24-hour French news. And I live for BBC America, which in and of itself is still, or BBC World News, it's still just obviously like it's for people who probably live in America that you know may want to know what's going on. But it really is so difficult to even know what's happening in other countries if if you don't go and try to reach out and, and, and find that information in the United States. And what's really interesting is we're, we're seeing groups of people on the far right who are getting more and more wanting to pull away from the, the so-called news that they deemed fake news. So we're talking... Um, CNN, you know, NPR, um, ABC, NBC. Um, and, and now they're trying to, they've created their own Twitter. Um, it's not Twitter. It's, um, I can't remember the name of it. It's like, I want to say it starts with a P, but it's, it's, um, yeah, well, luckily I listen to, you know, things like BBC and, and, um, NPR. And that's like a big story that they're covering right now is this, idea that the the far right over here are so angry with having for instance our president saying things like it wasn't a fair election and twitter will put up a banner that says this there there there's false information this you know is misinformation right. yeah which is of course completely true so yeah uh, it's really um it's really interesting and so you know, and the reason I asked about Brexit is because uh, I feel like there yeah. was something in the news this week um, that was discussing Brexit and um, and just the anniversary of the shooting in in, in Paris. Um, you know, and and a lot of the oh, yeah, anti course, yeah. um, free speech things that are happening with um, you know radical um, is I want to. Radical, I hate to use Muslim with them because of my Muslim friends that are so not even yeah. on the same page as that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just, it's not even covered in regular news here in America. Yeah, that, that's really interesting because I do feel like in the UK, things are a bit more um, evenly distributed, if we'll, if we'll say, in terms of coverage of other countries and things like that. It's still not how it should be. You know, the, the thing that springs to mind is... Um, you know, when the, the Notre Dame Cathedral burnt down and, and you know, there was millions of people, well, thousands of people, you know, donating. And it was all over the news over here, but they just don't really cover. They don't put enough emphasis on, on the, you know, the worst things that happen, like the things in Africa and, and things like that. But, um, but no, in America, it really does seem um, 
as a country, again, you know, from an outsider's point of view, it does seem like it's very all about America. And because, you know, a lot of people are obsessed with, um, you know, making, as they say, making America great again. And, you know, it's, it's just very, it seems very overly patriotic to the point where, yeah, I can, I can see how that might seem, um, you know, like it drowns out other stuff as well. How does that make you feel as a young person? Yeah, I found that quite a lot anyway, because I'm, I'm from quite a diverse background, actually. So my mum my is Brazilian and my dad's Irish. Uh, so I've always lived in England and I've, you know, I've got family in like Germany, Japan, places like that. So I've really always felt something of an outsider to an extent. So there is a lot of, um, you know, the, the things we're talking about in America, that kind of does play over in Britain to an extent. You have people that are very... Uh, so linking back to Brexit, when when Brexit was happening, there was very a lot of Brexiteers that were actually just pretty racist, <laughs> and the only reason they were so pro Brexit was just to get rid of the immigrants and and all that kind of thing. So so I've always felt that a lot because I am well, my my parents I guess are immigrants and I'm I'm completely foreign, even though you know I, I feel kind of half foreign and half English because you know I've got a full English accent, I've always lived here, all that kind of thing, but um. As you said, our generation is a lot more, sorry, my generation is a lot more global. And um, what does actually give me a lot of hope is that a lot of people my age do seem on the same page as me. They do seem very just open to like, you know, it, it all just seems a bit stupid just being overly patriotic to the point of being racist or, you know, wanting immigrants out because of this. And just, I think, um, I don't know if any, everyone else will think this as much, but I notice in a lot of people, and especially that you know the pro Brexiteers and all that kind of thing, it's very. Um, it, it seems as if a lot of people think, and a lot of the older generations think that just because you're born somewhere, that gives you you know more more right to just being a human than someone else, and, and that kind of thing. And I don't know. I find that very difficult, but I do feel like my generation, uh, you know, on average as a whole, doesn't really share that same approach. So I, I guess that's kind of hopeful. Yeah, well, what's so ironic, though, is that, you know, we as as a country in the United States, we we were like, bring us your tired and, you know, we're, we'll, we'll take care of you. I mean, it's on the Statue of Liberty in our harbor um, in, in, in the, yeah. and there was this, you know, embracing of, you know, come on over here and do the thing. And until you scratch the surface of that and realize that it was just that we needed people over here to to work. <laughs> and yeah. it didn't necessarily yeah, mean that you had um that you were going to be treated you know nicely like in a lot of the big cities yeah. over here the, the the immigrants which is again this is so ironic because this country was basically quote unquote founded by immigrants <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, of course. You know. Yeah, and can I just say that to me, I've, I've kind of forgot about that. But that is just the thing that I find most ridiculous about it all. That yes. in fact, no one is truly American anyway, apart from the Native Americans, mm -hmm. because it, it was completely founded on in migration. Mm -hmm. So, just just you know, the whole political climate and a lot of the kind of approaches Trump has and stuff just it just seems so ridiculous when you when you really think about the origins of America. Yeah, and and what's crazy is that we we have such big conversations luckily nowadays that you know people don't realize that you know um they're they're like it's just kind of skimmed over in american history um at the you know at the um k-12 level this is you know kindergarten the, the elementary 
junior high, high school, you don't even know like the true story of um, some some of some of these like stories of Native Americans until you actually like go to college yeah. and like actually take a class. Yeah. So um, yeah, that that's very similar here in the aspect that um, and this this was a lot of thing. This was something that was being. Uh, there has been a lot of light shed on it during the whole Black Lives Matter thing. Again, you know, at its peak a few months ago, is that um, you know, in our schools and and throughout my education, which of course I'm still in, but I've kind of got through the more compulsory parts. We we learn all about you know all the the great things that Britain apparently did, but we really don't learn about the fact that it colonized loads of countries, you know, starved millions. <laughs> when Winston Churchill was in charge, he actually starved. I think it was. I think it was, I think it was in India, but um, but you know everyone everyone praises him as as such a for all the heroic things. But I think um, the education definitely turns a blind eye to to all of the bad things that Britain have done in the past. So it's not very um, it's a very biased education, and yeah, obviously that's that's kind of what you just said is very very samey in America. So well, isn't it kind of amazing then that we have the internet and we have things like podcasts where people can come together and and talk about this and and it's open and free to everyone yeah it, it is really amazing and it's, it's a podcast and just as a medium is just brilliant because you know you don't have to be even though it's it seems as if um it, it might seem very uh how do i say this it might seem like you need to be qualified to talk about something or or that it's and it might just appear that not anyone can just go and make a podcast and put it out but actually it's it's really the opposite it's just completely for anyone you know it's it's open to everyone everyone can contribute everyone can learn something from it so and yeah it's it's great really so how old were you when you first discovered podcasting probably only a couple of years ago to be honest not not very long, considering it has been around for you know a, a lot longer than that. Um, in fact, I I didn't even really listen to many podcasts before a few months ago, before um, you know the whole book ventures. But but since then, I do. I think I think um, I think a lot of that is just because I, I just throughout my life I've just not been not really been much of a a watcher. I've always been more more of a doer. So I've also not seen a lot of films and that kind of thing. And I think it's just because all, all the time people would be watching films and listening to podcasts and stuff. I just always seem to just be playing guitar at home. <laughs> so that's yeah, that's really interesting because it is a very passive uh, hobby to to listen to podcasts. Like I know for me personally, yeah. you know, I want to network and I want to listen to other people's podcasts and things like this. But I find that I really only have time to devote most of my listening to my favorite podcast, which is done by a, a couple Gen Xers. Um, by the way, p- podcasting was started by Gen Xers um, called Stuff You Should Know. I've, if anyone has time to listen to that, it is like the greatest. Um, Chuck and Josh are the two greatest storytellers. They can make, you know, how do rubber bands work seem like the most interesting thing you can't even believe that you just listen to 30 minutes of <laughs> or an hour of something like that but um so how stuff works I'll definitely oh go man yeah or no it's stuff you should know mm. stuff you should know 
stuff you should know. The thing is with podcasting though is, you know, although it is very passive listening, as we say, the difference between podcasting and, you know, films and stuff is that it actually doesn't have to be done passively. You can be listening to one while you go for a run you know, while you're, you're traveling somewhere or anything. so That's true. That's true. I think that's why they will just keep on getting more and more popular, to be honest. So how in the world did you end up? So you mentioned um, the book thing. So so how did you, did you start as a podcaster and then work on this company that has now um, published books and um, networking? Um, how, how did that journey happen? Yeah, so um, I've never actually been a podcaster before. I've been a content creator, but not actually a podcaster. What's the difference? Um, we do work with podcasters. So, so when I say I've been a content creator, I mean I'm in a band, and we we have an we have social medias, and um, and obviously we just have to keep releasing content on there. Not in the way of just you know a personal account where you just kind of post what you like. It's not really content creation, but as in we actually do. If we want to be successful, we actually do have to keep putting content out there and keep. Um, putting ourselves in front of people to gain an audience really so I've had experience in that for a couple of years but um no no I've never been a podcaster um yeah so how we got into it was it was over lockdown so me and my friend and also my housemate here Anthony um we've been wanting to get into some kind of online business for a while to just help set ourselves up for after we leave university um he stumbled upon publishing actually we're having it have it doing some research into things research and um, yeah, he was the one who actually came up with publishing and it just seemed like it really suited us. And we just thought, oh, well, we're going to have all this time, you know, probably won't be able to leave the house for the next few months. So we might as well just put it to something good. And um, <laughs> it seems very random that, you know, we've we've published books about podcasting, podcasting considering I actually don't have a podcast, but um, Anthony was really into them. And, you know, I, I did start listening as well. And we just we just kind of realized that there's, there's, there wasn't really, uh, you know, after getting into the community through Facebook groups and things like that and, and really, really immersing ourselves in the community, actually. Um, you being one of the first people I networked with, of course. Um, we found that there was just like, <laughs> shout out. Uh, we found there was just like a, quite a big gap in um, just a kind of a resource on how to deal with the, the mental hurdles that podcasters face. And we found that after talking to loads of people, asking loads of questions and stuff like that, a lot of people, a common theme seemed to be um, people dealing with like, you know, imposter syndrome when they're recording and, and paralysis by analysis and, and things like that. Um, as well as just general, more, more anxiety related things, I suppose so over, you know, what people will think of their show and stuff. Cause you know, to release a podcast or, or anything like that is, I guess, putting yourself out there in a way that you've never really been seen before. So um, in front of the people you know. So I guess, you know, um, we, ju- we just saw a gap in that. And it, it clearly a, a lot of people were talking about it and stuff. So we just thought if we could make a really good resource for, fe- for people to deal with that, then, you know, helping out the community as well as, as doing something great for ourselves. Yeah, so. and I have to say, you know, thank you to both of you because that your Facebook group is such a wonderful, beaming, warm sunbeam to immerse myself into yeah. amidst, obviously. It's made me feel all warm inside. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> well, what, it, what is it said in one of the books? Give back more than you take. So so there you go, publicly acknowledging you and Anthony for, for building this beautiful space. Oh. Um, but 
Thank yeah, you very we, much. and we need it so badly in this country, um, but but, <laughs> but anywhere actually, because the world in 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 all of it is is like we were talking about global warming and just all of the other things that are happening. Yeah. Where does it? Where did? Where did this positive energy come from? I mean, how do you how do you have this sort of well of um, positivity that comes out in into these things? Because the desire to help people you've never met and the desire to have this very positive place um, for for people to go for to seek support and encouragement. Where does that come from? Yeah. Uh, I think, well, for starters, I think me and Anthony are both just quite positive people anyway. So, you know, running the group and all that kind of thing, that's just a hobby. We just love doing that. And it's just great just getting positive feedback from other people. And and credit to you because you are you are a shining light in that group. <laughs> I well. love being positive yeah, you, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it as well. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I don't know, on a wider scale, I guess um, a couple of years ago, I, I quite got into, you know, like the law of attraction and just and just all that kind of thing. Um, and and Anthony's into that as well. So I think that gives me a, a very positive outlook because I just think that I can do anything I want really in this life. And then and I'll, I can get whatever I want and I can attract things my way. And, and you, I mean, a principle of it is just to to give out what what you would like back, really. So. So I just tried to implement that into my life uh, just daily, I guess. And being authentic, mm. you know, um, I know that in, in one of the books, um, I don't know if you want to, if, if you want to plug those books right now, but in podcasting made simple, um, there is this, the, um, whole thing about, you know, you, yeah, you, people can tell if you're trying to just sell them something instead of um, actually creating a place that's authentic and um, be- yeah, because the yeah. world is just filled with, with, with shysters <laughs> and like people trying to get a buck oh, from you and, completely. Um, and yeah. things like that. So I think, um, I think people are getting uh, accustomed to that and people are, it's getting easier for people to actually see through that kind of thing. Cause it's just around so much, but yeah, like, like to, to what you are saying, like that is kind of our approach with it. Like I just, we do generally just really just want to help people and just and just make things better for podcasts and just give back to the community because at the end of the day it's such a great community everyone is so nice so welcoming so friendly and I've just like I've actually just met people that that just I'm really happy I've met like you of course yeah well I think we're thirsty for it right like we can we can Mm. find these pockets of and and honestly that's why I started this podcast is because I wanted to shine a light on people and voices that we're doing really neat things and that, you know, there's, there's so much more that connects us than divides us. And so having places like your Facebook group and, you know, the books that you all have, um, have put out, it's just, um, it's just really what we need more of. We need more positive instead of negative. And so just really, um, appreciate that so much. Um, yeah. So do you, do you want to plug, um, you know, that Facebook group books and and your publishing company in general? Yeah, of course. So, um, the publishing company is AT publishing and under that bracket, we have released two books. So there's podcasting made simple and also every podcast is sorry, every podcaster's biggest hurdles. 
uh, both out on Amazon. And both fantastic, easy reads, by the way. So anyone else that's listening that's a podcaster, I highly recommend reading both of them. They're so easy and so um, there's so much in them that I feel like they're going to be great resources the longer I'm on this journey. So um, just just throwing out a couple of five stars out there (laughs) (laughs) brilliant and and you know it wasn't it wasn't just written by me we did actually work with podcasters as well so you know it is is very um very well researched and and draws from a lot of experience um yeah and of course we have our our very friendly facebook group the podcaster self-improvement community so yeah, everyone should join. Um, even if you're not a podcaster, I feel like you could gain some. I feel like there. It is just good vibe. It is, it? and it's good life advice. Like I, I mean, I think that when we talk about imposter syndrome and we talk about um, um, uh, paralysis by analysis, I mean, these are things that people, as human beings on this planet in 2020, and we feel that all the time. And so, um, yeah, they're, sure. they're actually just really great self-help books really to, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, and, you know, when, when we, um, when we're posting stuff in the Facebook group, we, we actually think like, okay, we actually do need to do more. That's about podcasting because, because <laughs> a lot of this is just general, just life, life things. So yeah, we actually have to try, try to stay on topic. But yeah, it's great. But it's, but it's almost like, um, you know, healthy, healthy body, healthy mind, um, you know, yes, you want, but you know, I'm on so many pod, podcast groups, right. And there's so much out yeah. there that you can Google about like, how do I, how do I use StreamYard? How do I use, um, you know, Podbean? What's, what time should I upload my video? And that's what most all yeah. podcast groups are. It's so nice to come in to, to your podcast group though, and say, you know, see things like, what are your goals? <laughs> you know, like just just really yeah, simple yeah. and basic, and like you know, um, you know, yeah. just thinking in terms of just these sort of positive little nuggets that are shared. It, it's almost like you kind of still need to feed. Like you said, there's a gap in the podcasting world where this kind of stuff isn't just everywhere. Like it's so easy to find a million podcast groups, but there's not one like yours that I've seen. Exactly. Yeah. We, we, we just really did know we had to take a different approach and just really, you know, do what isn't there at the moment. So, and, and hopefully, you know, that, that does work out. And, and of course that's kind of the whole basis of the, every podcaster's biggest hurdles. And I, and I suppose the group is an extension of that. And it's kind of that angle that we're taking with it. But, but yeah, it's, it's just been an amazing response so far. Like I'm really happy about it. So. Well, again, I'm really happy too and appreciate it. And it's, and it's also so great to just like hear your voice and know that like there is a, a, yeah, like a genuine positive human behind, <laughs> you know, all of those, those words and things. Um, right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure yeah. you feel the we same. We are going to start doing voice, uh, voiceovers, sure you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we do actually plan to do some voiceovers so people can hear our voices. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, completely. Um, so how in the world, so you, you, you're, you're in, um, you're in university right now, you're doing your studies, you're in a band, you're, you're starting, you started this, <laughs> this company. I mean, is, is lockdown and, um, and having, <laughs> The coronavirus, I mean, I chuckled right there, which is totally uh, not kind, but um, I don't know how else to <laughs> deal with it besides no, laugh at no, it. I mean, I mean, you know, luckily for me, I, I'm a young person and it was it was completely fine. It was it was just a mild cold. But um, 
I've not got any t- taste or smell back, which is oh, a bit frustrating. Oh, no. But, well, you know, I could yeah. be very American right now and tease you about how your food, your cooking is so bland in the UK. But um, some of my favorite <laughs> chefs are from the UK, so I can't really say that oh, anymore. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah but um, <laughs> how do you juggle it all? It is, it is a daily struggle to just balance everything. I do feel like I have a lot going on. And it's, it's not more so, it's it's not really the trying to fit everything in. It's actually trying to put the the proportionate amount of time into everything. So so more recently, it's been it's been the band that's been lacking. But of course, that has a lot to do with the fact we've not been able to see each other for months. We've only just had our, our first couple of rehearsals in ages, um, let alone making money to, you know, re- record more music, let alone being able to play, which is the most frustrating thing. So um, so I guess that's the thing that's on the on the back burner a bit at the moment. But um, but yeah, it is. It's a busy life trying to trying to juggle the uni work and and the publishing, and I just just try to have a social life as well. I'm I'm in my last year in the university, so I just do really want to make the most out of that. It's a shame the clubs and stuff aren't open, but I don't know. I'm I'm having a blast here with my my mates. So, but it is tough. It is tough to balance it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, what kind of music? I just just really quickly, I have to ask you, what kind of music? Yeah. Oh, definitely give. Yeah, that a please do. <laughs> Right. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, I mean, an indie rock band, I suppose I'd classify as. We're called Near Misses, but Misses is spelled MRS. Oh, that's cute. So, um, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'll, I'll edit that yeah. out. So, I won't uh, call it cute. I'm anyone... sorry, man. That's, that's, that's pretty <laughs> no, awesome. No, yeah, I'll, cool, I'll, man. So no. <laughs> what are your influences? <laughs> like, um, you know, because we, we just met at uni, we, come, we have quite a variation of influences. So I'm... I started off playing guitar, listening to old hard rocks so like Guns and Roses and that kind of thing, and I've slowly moved moved a bit softer off that to more. So it's the, I like there's modern stuff I like, like the 1975 that kind of thing, um, and then we, it kind of just goes across the spectrum. So my bass player, for example, is um, quite into a lot of a lot of emo stuff and, and that kind of thing. And um, but uh, you know, if I was to say on average, it would just be just general indie rock. So you know, catfish in the bottle, fan, catfish in the bottle men, um, the libertines, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really know how big that scene is in America now. So I was trying to think of any American ones. Uh, actually, well, um, it's been, um, you know, since since the obviously since the pandemic, um, the indie music venue scene here is um, it's pretty much non-existent. Um, but before that, I mean, I was an indie rock band, um, actually the music before and after, um, my intro and intro, that's, that's my old band, um, from, no way. from yeah, oh, that's, wow. that's the, yeah, oh, that's, so cool. that's, that's me playing guitar there. And, um, and, uh, oh. yeah. And so, um, I, I actually in my twenties, just huge, huge into indie rock and was just like, I love Duster and, um, you know, oh God, see, I can't even think of blonde redhead. Um, there, there yeah, were, see, see, funnily enough, I've not heard of either of those two. I yeah. There's, heard. there's like just this huge group of like musicians that were yeah. just, you know, we would go to Chicago and St. Louis when I lived in the Midwest and just go to these shows. I love cat power was, um, really big, um, and got to see her in New York city. Um, just, and so, 
I kind of kept my finger in the pulse uh, on the pulse of that for as long as I could. I but there's so see, yeah. much music that when I go into Spotify and it plays, um, you know, music for me, I have no idea where those people are coming from. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. No, I do. I do. You know, um, you know, you know, the Google Play, you know, devices. You, have you, I don't know. I don't know if they're. Well, I'm sure they are. Sure, they are a big thing in America. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got one of those too. Yeah. We, we've got a couple of them in in this house. Yeah, we've got one downstairs in the lounge. And and I'll whenever I tell it to play something, I always kind of know exactly in my mind what I wanted to play. Um, but all all my friends will just go, okay, Google, play some music, and I'm like, oh, oh no, what's going to happen? <laughs> it's, just, it's just so easy these days, isn't it? Like you just don't even have to think about what you want, and it just comes yeah. Up well, and we used to pride ourselves. I don't know if I like that, you know, as a musician. Yeah, I, <laughs> as an indie rocker, you know, from the '90s and the 2000s, like we used to pride ourselves on the fact that no one else knew what the music was that we were talking about. Like it, it it's sad yeah, that you don't know yeah. the bands that I just said, but on the other hand, it still makes me the little, you know, hipster old grandma hipster in me is like, hee hee. <laughs> yeah. They're still underground. You know what I mean? Still mine, still mine, not yours. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, it, there's, there's so much music, but um you know, some someone told me once that, you know, you age when you stop listening to new music. And what I love is that the indie rock scene is still so vibrant and so alive and so mm. um, just so there's so much out there. Like I said, like, I don't even know um, yeah. what countries yeah. half the time the music is coming from that um, that I'm listening to. But it's it's um but yeah so great to hear you use that term too by the way because um indie rock yeah yeah, yeah I, w- I was you know i was slightly worried that you might you might have uh not completely knew what what i was trying to get at with that but yeah because no, not everyone knows that term do they but my generation came up with that <laughs> yeah oh of course of and course. i was knee deep in it and knee knee deep in it hope hope to your band that you can um you know keep keep the, f- the flame going of creativity, even if you only come up with a couple songs now and again. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we, we've been, we've been writing well in our last couple of rehearsals, just probably just cause we've got all got so much stocked up from the months. We just didn't see each other, but, but yeah. So um, yeah, if you do fancy some new music or anyone near Mrs. MRS spelt rather than a uh, Mrs. I'm literally going to listen to that um, after we're done with recording. So yay, so happy for that. All right, Tyg, so it, we're going to go into um, my, my favorite part of the podcast, which is the rapid fire question part. Are you ready to answer some of these questions? Hell yeah. What is your favorite memory from childhood? Yeah, this is the only one that I actually couldn't think of a really specific answer because I just there was just too many to choose from from school. So I'm just gonna have to say school. So just just being in school, I just had such a good laugh. Just going on school trips, just playing football at lunch. Just I just really have really fond memories of those times. And do you have a favorite '80s band or song or musician? Um, song, I'd have to have a closer think about that. Band Guns and Roses. 
But I do like a lot of 80s music also, like the oh, police. Oh, yes. They're, they're, they're a good one. It, well, amongst many, but yeah, they're, they're, they're the two that come to mind first. Um, and then um, do you have a favourite 80s film? Um, yeah, you know what? I had to Google 80s film for this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was I was glad because there is actually a, a very strong favourite. I'm a huge fan of Star Wars. And um, so why did you go to college? To be honest, I went to, well, we you know, university over here, college over there, however you want to call it. I, I went there because... I just I never knew what I wanted to do so I kind of just kept going on into the next stage of education to basically put off deciding what I actually want to do and then um so that that's kind of why I went to university I chose to do maths because at the time I still didn't really know what I wanted to do and that, that felt like quite a quite a wide degree that I could go into a lot of jobs with but I actually ended up dropping maths and switching to music after like three weeks because that was when I was on all my law of attraction new stuff, and I realised that actually, it's, there's no no possibility of me doing well in music. It's just whether I want to, and I'm going to put in the work, and then I definitely can if I want to. So, so yeah, so I kind of I ditched the maths and the academia for for music at uni. So so now, so you know, if I'd known that before, I definitely would have wanted to go to uni for that reason. But instead, I I kind of only went because at the time I didn't know what I wanted to do. If that makes sense. Okay, so I'm so excited to ask you this too, and that is um, if you had one piece of advice to tell anyone in all the generations ahead of you, um, or even those who are 12 that we have yet, they're obviously not Gen Z, what would you tell them either to get through the hard times or just life advice in general? Mm, that's a really tough one. I only, I only got my answer to this earlier. I was actually listening to a different podcast earlier called the 37th street podcast and um and on it he he said so i can't remember the exact quote but it was something along the lines of that ultimately the only thing holding you back from achieving anything you want in life your dreams just just whatever and that kind of applies to most things is really yourself so pretty much you can do anything if you put your mind to it that's that would be my my advice i love it as a as a 20 year old hey no but um the thing is, is that it doesn't really matter how old you are. I think we all kind of know certain truths and they sometimes develop mm. as young as 10 years old. And so <laughs> um, true, never true. let anyone take yeah. that away from you. Um, no, of course. Right? 21 soon as well, mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for taking your time out of your busy life to be on the podcast. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening. And if you think this is worth listening to, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. Be kind to each other, listen to each other, and let's stop being separated by our differences. I don't want to be an army one.